0: yo 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 what's up everybody welcome to today's live stream and it is no april fool's joke today because we are live with my good friend abelard Lorimond of maze issue one and two how are you doing dude welcome to the stream and yeah tell us a little bit about yourself man
1: um i'm doing well first of all thank you for asking and thank you for having me um well actually just a little bit before this we're talking about in terms of my writing uh hobby i've been doing it since i was six but back then it was more um kind of just doodling little um pictures writing quick Mm -hmm. stories um i would literally like uh, take pieces of paper and staple them together and everything make little books and then i started getting serious about writing more so uh
0: what were those books about though i mean let's break that down like what type of uh what type of writing and stories were you making around that age
1: um at that time it was it was like little it was like little kids superhero um type things i literally had one called um super bunny and it was just a a bunny who was like a superhero he was just (laughs) you know fighting bad guys and everything but it it was it was little kid stuff like that because i was into children's books at the time Mm
0: -hmm. but i mean it's really cool to see how at even such a young age you were like constructing these concepts that later evolved to you actually making books i mean Mm -hmm. uh so how has Breaking into the indie, indie comic scene Ben, you know, from stapling these pages together as a young young child to actually making a book. Like how's how's that been for you in that journey uh with the steps along the way?
1: Um, from there it's 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 kind of been more foreshadowing, I guess, what it would be later. Mm-hmm. And then um from there it evolved into more seriously writing novels in middle school and high school days. And then I took the one of the novels, which is Maze, what it is now. And I decided since it's about superheroes and supervillains to just team up with an artist and get to work on it. Because at the time, obviously, making comic was ruled out because I can't draw. So I just remember that, you know, a lot of writers, they team up with an artist and they yeah. can't draw themselves.
0: Yeah, I, I, I could tell you uh, from my experience, you know, I can write a lot better than I can ever put up a, like a, a pa- pencil to a paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, my drawing... You know i'd like to think it was good but when i show other people not so much i definitely can get that um yeah. so who was the artist that you worked on with uh for issues number one and two and how was telling them your vision um and having them translate that to actually you know to putting the designs on something and like how, how was that experience for you
1: um well i I've, I've worked with um i found her on um upwork the it's a freelancing um site for those who don't know to find and work with freelancers or to be on yourself, but um, yeah, not not promoting them or anything. But yeah, No, so, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> I, I found her there and then at first, it was the standard indie comic uh, duo, you know, the artist does everything else that's not writing. So she was doing the art, the colors, the letters. And then uh, eventually I decided that I wanted to expand the team and go for some edits also, which we just finished um, working on. So now I have a colorist that I found on Twitter. My letterer, I found through my colorist because they were childhood friends. Mm-hmm. And then my brother who also does art, he's the cover artist.
0: Dude, that's so cool to have uh, your, you know, parts of your family in this too. I mean, yeah. um, how, how did that feel? I mean, because I'm sure your brother's seen you growing up and, and making mm-hmm. these books and now he's actually designing covers for you. I mean, that has to be an awesome experience.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, It's definitely cool to actually, you know, be able to talk to him right there in the Mm -hmm. same house. Um, And just he just walks up to me, um, shows me the progress on the cover that he's working on. And I talk about the um, future of Maze a lot with him, Um, even though he's family still. I, I wouldn't give away spoilers, but yeah, it's it's pretty nice to have someone from the team actually that close to actually talk to about it.
0: Yeah, because you don't have to wait for like a email or you know, a text. They can give you the yeah, feedback yeah. right then and there. You know, that's that's pretty invaluable. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, your Kickstarter for Mace issues one and two didn't meet its full funding. Uh, it looks like it we stopped right at around eight twenty seven of two thousand. How was that for you? I, I've never had a chance to really interview anyone. Um after a campaign um this is one of the very first times i've done this but uh, how how was that for you how were you able to bounce back from that um because for for these type of interviews i do like them to be kind of like a tool like for other people in the future hopefully other indie comic (laughs) creators when they listen to this you know hopefully someone can take away um some learning uh experiences from this you know to help them kind of get through if they don't ever meet their their goal as well Mm
1: -hmm. for me it was more of a um During the campaign, I was um, at the start, I was kind of, of course, I was excited. I was like very like I had a very gaity feeling about getting into it. And then it started to get a little um, complex and a little complicated to juggle with school going on, um, work, of course, also. And then as it started to kind of come to a close, I kind of had my mindset on maybe starting a comic publishing website where I could actually sell the books from without having to worry about the deadline and everything. Not that I gave up on Kickstarter but just that um I kind of had my mind set on that already and when it comes down to it I feel like it's more of a um it's not you failing completely because you didn't meet your goal but you still gathered a fan base like you still acquired a lot of people that actually know what your mm-hmm. book is what it's about and everything and then now they'll follow you wherever you go so in my case um I'm already building a mailing list for when the website goes live next month and um it was because of Kickstarter started i was able to actually that's so awesome those, many of those fans
0: yeah i definitely think you have the mentality for this because i i don't know for me personally i i that would that that would have been you know that that probably would have been like okay um i don't know what i want to do here you are mm-hmm. you're like you know screw this if I if I'm not getting my book out on this platform, I'm gonna make my own platform. Do you mm-hmm. uh do you have a name? What's the name for it? That um
1: I've actually been avoiding sharing it online. Yeah, that's fine. Of, yeah,
0: yeah, we'll back it up. Yeah,
1: it's it's just it's just um copyright um stuff. I don't want anyone yeah. to take it first. and, you know. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So um,
0: before we break into any future plans, let's go ahead and start breaking down uh issues one and two. So issues one and two is about um. Two children that join a group of vengeful supervillains to get help finding a man to find their dad. Um, that is such a, I, like a gripping concept. Let's break it down. Let's break down uh, the brother and sister.
1: Yeah, um, they're twins. So yeah, the brother and sister. Um, basically they had a history of domestic violence and then the mother was actually beating on their father. And then the police came in and they quelled the quarrel and everything but in doing so they actually found the father's drugs that he was using to cope with the the trauma and so they took him in also but they can't the twins they can't remember the face of the man who took um their father and then they get met with the the um the option to actually join a group that actually specializes in finding people mm-hmm. but come to find out that it's also a group of eventual villains that are after heroes who have wronged them in the past.
0: So what does this do to like the morality of, of the, the brother and sister, like having these children like team up with super villains? I'm assuming that they don't wanna just be super villains themselves. So what type of conflict do we see within that?
1: Um, I'm going for more of a slow start thing where it's gonna be realistic in that they're gonna come in, obviously that's gonna be very extreme. They're gonna think they're definitely weighing in over their heads. Mm-hmm. But as it goes on, we'll probably, well, not probably, but we'll start to see them start, sort of fall into it bit by bit. Because um, at the end of the day, if you're in the group, you kind of have to be doing what they're doing, and that is going after heroes, killing superheroes, um, yeah. potentially. And that's that's how they're going to have to find their dad, but they, they don't really have any other options. So we'll start to see them slowly slip into um, acquiring the habits of the maze group.
0: So what are uh, some of these habits they are going to start acquiring? What type of crimes will we see them commit? Um, I guess what type of uh, lifestyle are we going to see these pairs start to develop before they find their father?
1: Um. well, without even beating around the bush. Yeah, killing superheroes just like everybody. <laughs> Let's else. Go. but there'll be more there'll be more uh, mission oriented people in the group. Um, I have like two sets of because um, they're everyone is in in pairs. Mm -hmm. um because of the power system but there's going to be two sets of duos that are just straight up evil just to be evil just kill superheroes because just because they're evil
0: so what type of superheroes are you going to have in this universe you know what type of inspirations uh you know who are we going to see dying on the battlefield
1: um well i have the the point is that um the superheroes they have wronged them in the past as i mentioned before so we're gonna have imperfect superheroes And we'll have some that are just straight up dirty, just outright, um, just immoral. And then we'll have some that are genuinely good, but maybe they might make a a mistake here and there. And um, it could be a battle with a villain, someone was a casualty, and that casualty happens to be the family of one of the Maze members, Okay. that's why they're they're upset about it. Um, And yeah, basically a mixture of good. a little imperfect and then just straight up dirty superheroes
0: I really love uh, this flashback you know I for me a big turning point I feel like in like the movies like with comic book movies when you see the fallout from these battles and like the casualties that happen on the street level like not just the mm-hmm. superhero fighting the villain but like you know the ant that got killed um and how yeah. that affects like you know the family and seeing and hearing that you're gonna have that included in this universe like that is that's awesome how complex is that type of story building though like to go that deep with it to build that type of world um like how hard was it for you to start coming up with i guess the 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 backbone for maze as a whole um
1: for me it was more of a um because i knew i knew i always wanted to write something about super villains. But and in, in initially, I was going to do it where they were just superhero, super villains who were evil just to be evil, killing superheroes. But then mm-hmm. I decided, how many things in superhero media do we see where um, we start to understand the villain once we actually hear their backstory? So I just took that, and instead of making it a thing that we hear about later, just bringing it to the, to the forefront, bringing it uh, right in front of people and saying, this is what we're going to be focusing on and if anything the superheroes are going to be the background people um not to say that we're going to hear everyone's backstory uh right up front because that would just cram in a lot of exposition Mm -hmm. right there but uh, i have i have ways to drop everything in here and there um you'll have more quiet villains that when you finally hear their backstory it's like like i I definitely see where you're coming
0: from here yeah 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 so i mean what what influences do you take uh breaking the mold i mean this is something that a lot you know you you do see some books dance on this line here and there but you're just full sending it i mean what do you i like what goes into it i mean making uh making these guys just be ruthless and just murdering and and everything but yet have like a sense of you know humanity in them that are gonna make the readers like i guess resonate with them and, and and like their character even though they're doing these bad things
1: uh basically just taking what's taking natural human instinct to i guess be quick to anger because of course we're not perfect so being quick to anger but kind of just multiplying it to the point where they're willing to literally kill to actually get their revenge and also the fact that in the story the um government does everything in their power to make sure that the heroes stay in good standing so that just makes it even even more infuriating for the villains there's a lot of laws that are set in place um i have three big ones that are literally set in place just to make sure that the heroes kind of just get a little slap on the wrist and then just brush everything under the rug do you
0: want to do you want to talk about them or is that kind of a secret
1: um one of them is yeah I, i can mention one of them one of them is literally called the um i called it the grp act which is the good reputation preservation act And it's basically a whole thing where if a superhero is fighting a villain and a casualty occurs um the hero they either rarely actually lose their ability and their their um jurisdiction to do Mm -hmm. any superhero work but other than that they take a six month hiatus where they have to kind of undergo superhero training again as if they were new and then they can come back to doing heroics but it's rare. It's rare that that law is even really, it really even goes against the superhero. And um, I have a scene where the villains are even talking about just the name of it. It's not even called anything to, to favor the victims. But it's called the good reputation preservation act, yeah yeah that it only cares about the reputation
0: of the superheroes no that's i really am enjoying this type of world building as well you could really start the re- i i'm starting to feel resentment towards the superheroes already just hearing about yeah. it i mean it has yeah. to be infuriating having them just kind of get off let off the leash anytime they do anything bad uh, mm-hmm. without much repercussion it kind of reminds me of a little bit of uh hancock um, uh, with uh, oh, yeah. Will Smith, uh, how he was a yeah, superhero definitely. and he was uh, he was drinking all the time and really didn't have much uh, repercussion, like, cause he he'd go in jail and just jump out if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that is also, these super villains. we're gonna, we're gonna end up liking them or is it gonna be mixed and matched? I mean.
1: Um, yeah, mixed and matched. Yeah, yeah, no, that's so cool. That you, you like some of them you might hate
0: so let, let's uh with issue one what happens with issue one where do we start off with uh the introductions with uh the brother and the sister you know how do, how does this all end up happening where do we leave off after uh their dad gets busted and taken away
1: um so we start off with the flashback and then um we go into their lives their current um day lives excuse me their current day lives where they're living as runaways um and they're staying in warehouses, going from warehouse to warehouse, just to have bedding and, you know, living on their own basically. And then at some point in the story, they come across the opportunity to actually join the maze group. Um, and so they're skeptical about it, of course, because it kind of comes out of nowhere. But then eventually they, they go forward with it. Um, they write to them. And then uh, it, it, it's hard to explain certain things, but like thinking about spoilers also, but mm-hmm. they go for it, they write to them, and then eventually they they're just going for it basically, but they're they're kind of easing into it basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and you could see why they would want to join them too, like starving, not having shelter or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh th- I that that definitely had to be very taxing for them as well. Um with issue two, what uh what happens in issue two? Like I guess let's start building the box for uh issue three for our listeners. So Issue two, they're already with the super group. Is this is where we start to see them kind of start doing their evil bidding.
1: Um, Issue two, they're not there quite yet, but they're because um, with the group, there's three prerequisite exams that they have to do um, that are essentially training for them, but also the group seeing how skilled they are already mm-hmm. um there are three exams um, with three different topics. The last two ones are, are I'm going to keep a secret for now. No, that's because fine. Yeah. They're pretty big. Um, And then by issue five, the group is actually finally together after those exams.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Th- no, th- that's definitely awesome. And then um, I'm trying to remember. Was issue two the one with the FBI cover? Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. I, so, I really loved the way uh your brother i'm assuming did that cover as yes, well yeah. the, the the way he did the coloring what was the the, the purpose of that you know uh, did did we see these supervillains take over fbi costumes
1: um that's part of the second exam and it's okay. actually a hint for what the second exam is
0: all right i got you i got you so we won't we won't spoil too much on that one yeah. so um now we are you know we we came to the kickstarter we came to your plans <clears throat> um so what all are we going to see on this new publishing label that you're going to create? Uh, I know we talked about it prior, before the interview, but, um, now that we are recording in live, you know, what are we going to see uh, for the future of where you're going to go with a uh, maze issue number three and all your future works?
1: Um, for now, um, I was going to focus on marketing maze itself. Um, I'm going to do issues one and two. I'm still the same way I was doing a Kickstarter. I'm going to release the two on the site together and, suggest buying them together because at the time that I was writing issue one, I was more into novel writing. Mm -hmm. So it's more prose and more dialogue, but issue two onward is going to be more action. Um, And then I'm going to do issue three, issue four. And then by issue five, I'm going to actually put them together into the first volume. And then after that, then I'm going to start opening submissions to take other works. Um, And I'm also going to have other works that I'm working on myself. I have three other stories that I'm planning on writing. Three different genres yeah let's go um, but for now maze is definitely my um my main priority
0: so any of those other stories you want to touch base on or are they all under wraps right now
1: um for now one of them is actually the most elaborate the other two are kind of just i kind of just have an idea of what i want to do with them one of them is a little bit more elaborate that one's going to be more uh it's going to be a superhero um, type thing, but it's going to be more realistic and gritty. And it's also going to be romance mixed in there. Um, I also have another story that I'm going to have as romance because I've been wanting to write romance comics for a little bit. I'm surprisingly for someone writing about supervillains killing superheroes. I'm actually into romance. Um, he
0: has a loving side. I, uh, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and then I also have a third one that's going to be science fiction.
0: Okay, hey Blinks welcome to the stream. How are you doing today man? We are here with our good friend We're talking about maze issue number number one and two and the future of issue number three and so forth So let's go ahead Um that uh, I'm really interested in the nitty-gritty superhero side of things Uh, so what drove you to want to go on the other side, you know, the other side of things, you know Go from the superhero side of things Um from from killing them to actually living in their shoes now
1: What do you mean for the other story?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: Um, for that one, it's, it's more of a, initially I wanted the superhero thing to be a more background thing, a background aspect of it, but it was going to be more of a romance novel. But, um, yeah,
0: it's it's just, so, so, so kind of like he's trying to do like a relationship and like then, you know, missing all these dates because he's a superhero dude type of deal. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, I'm definitely digging that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's. Actually, I, I, I'll explain the synopsis a little bit. I, I, I don't want to get into spoilers with that one also, but it's basically the main character. They're a vigilante called Night Stalker, and Night Stalker is also the name of the book, but they're vigilante vigilante um, by night, and then by day, they're actually a employee at a coffee shop that the sergeant of the, the most critically acclaimed sergeant of the town, um, actually I actually forgot what I called him, but it's gonna be a romance in that they're together, but the mm-hmm. sergeant and the vigilante, they're going after a criminal organization, but the sergeant doesn't know that his partner is the vigilante, and he oh, doesn't okay, like the vigilante, yeah. but they're, they're kind of um, crossing paths on the investigation together, but the sergeant doesn't know that it's actually him, basically.
0: You ever uh, play um, a game called Detroit Become Human? Um,
1: I haven't played it, but I I watched one of my friends play it.
0: So that reminds me of uh, Connor and Hank's relationship, how he hates the androids, Mm -hmm. and he's getting teamed up with an android. I mean, a little bit different because, you know, uh, your character doesn't know. Mm -hmm. But um, just hearing that dynamic of the relationship, uh, that's definitely, that's awesome, man. I'm stoked for that. Um, And uh, you got two other ones under the works, too. But yeah, let's let's go back to Maze. So um, with issue three what do you what do you want to talk about is there anything you want to talk about or are you trying to keep the whole thing under wraps
1: uh that one is a little more secretive it's like as we go on um with the issues it gets a little bit more secretive but Mm -hmm. i will say that one is going to be um the most action-packed from the three so far okay i'm actually earlier i was actually just writing one of the fight scenes from it but it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a good one
0: Blink says "Uh, sounds like him missing all the dates he don't get because he's always uh, being the hero of the lighthouse. He loves the, the theme, though. Yeah, we yeah. appreciate you uh, stopping in, man. Thank you, as always. Thank you. So, it, it was really interesting to hear uh, your perspective and your thoughts um, on Kickstarter. Um, I guess just overall, how did you feel about that platform? Uh, to anyone that's kind of, like, I guess, on the fence about doing it, did you feel like it was an okay platform? Like, where do you, where, where do you felt like... Um, the issues were with the campaign?
1: Um, I would say when it comes down to it, definitely be ready for uh, a lot of marketing. Not to the point where you get too annoying online, but definitely be ready for the marketing. In my case, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to tell anyone not to do it because it's going to get difficult or it's not realistic. I don't want to push anyone away from that, but in my case, it was more trying to juggle it, like I said, with school and with work going yeah. on. So...
0: Definitely. And what did your your your, uh, your typical day look like you know with work school like how many hours did did you have to do that and then try to juggle this in between that
1: um it was at some point as it started going on uh it, it unfortunately started becoming more school and it was me even focusing on this and it kind of became an afterthought which could also be another reason why the marketing kind of mm-hmm. kind of slipped away from me but definitely i would say not to treat it as an afterthought and to think of it as
0: um, I don't want to tell anyone to not
1: care about work, but treat it as a top priority, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean the big thing too is school. I mean, school costs money, realistically. Mm-hmm. School is something that you know is going to carry you through life. The comic will as well too. um But at the end of the day, you know, I I don't think you made the wrong choice because it drove you to creating your own platform. You know, I, I'm a big believer in a lot of things. Do happen for a reasoning. You know, you're still in school, still doing the thing and you're making a whole publishing platform on your own when if this would have just got funded you would have just had maze issue number one and two out there but you know in the end it it cultivated into something far greater than you know you were probably even expecting Mm -hmm. um and i am i'm a i'm a sucker for people who are able to just rise through the ashes and come out stronger on top like that that's so awesome um now when do when can we expect to see this platform created uh, to be able to get issues, number one and two, What what is the, the roadmap for that? What type of a uh, price are we looking at for uh, the individual issues or the package stuff for both of them together? And um, you also mentioned you wanted to go physical only. So uh, what was the reasoning behind that as well?
1: Um, In terms of the platform itself, I'm planning to launch it um, next month, hopefully sometime early next month. Um, I'm actually having the logo made up for it right now. And then For pricing, uh, I haven't thought about pricing too much yet because obviously it's going to be a little different from Kickstarter. And then for physical copies, I decided that I wanted to kind of take it back to the old days when my brother and I, we used to go to comic book stores, collect comics. Um, I have like a a whole stack of physical issues up here that um, I I read so long ago and I don't really actually collect comics anymore. So. I don't know, it's just that 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 nostalgia for me. I actually mm-hmm. just want to get the books into people's hands.
0: No, I, I love having uh, a physical. There's nothing that, you know, I was just talking to my uh, friend earlier, um, Catch the Craze. I think I think uh, you uh, worked with him previously as yeah, well. Yeah, I was um, listening to Like, I, I love a digital copy, don't get me wrong, but there is nothing that compares to actually seeing it on a paper and yeah, being able to turn that page and like the, the yeah. smell i love I, I don't know if it's weird or anything i love the smell of a new comic book i was
1: i was gonna say that too but yeah <laughs> honestly the smell. he's,
0: was- he's like i didn't want to go there so you went there so yeah <laughs> um no yeah, yeah. dude there's nothing that really compares to the smell of a, a brand new comic book without a doubt mm-hmm. um i'm excited man i definitely want to get my hands on this it, it looks and sounds like such a crazy concept and like I'm here for you know we have two young kids fighting for their dad they join a group of supervillains uh what more could you want um so let me ask you this because we came to uh one of my favorite parts of the interview as well um for those who are struggling to kind of get their idea to take off um to kind of get their their vision onto paper you know for anyone struggling in the indie comics industry you know what would you offer to them as a piece of advice to help them push through I mean you've been doing this since you were six. So, I mean, you, you know, you, you definitely have been doing it for, for quite some time. What would you say to them to help push anyone through that's uh, struggling?
1: Uh, uh there's, there's a lot that could go into it. One thing that I would say, as I was saying before, is even with whatever else is going on, whether it be school, work, um, family, it could be anything, definitely um, always make sure to find time to write. It could be at the top of the day. It could be um, during the day. I literally, work on my comic at work um i I wouldn't say
0: let's go dude but that's um, the work ethic you need though man that's what you need dude and
1: then um end of the day could be uh just definitely find time to write draw whatever it is that you do um uh the team i would say could come in a little bit later once you actually have everything together world building um characters of course backstories, Mm -hmm. and um Definitely getting together a team. Don't try to take on it everything yourself, especially with comics, because it's it's many different jobs. It's writing, it's editing, it's you know drawing, colors, letters, everything. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of just uh, kind of touched up on the third one that I would say is to world build and to have characters and their backstories and everything set in place um, before you even start writing a script for it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And some ph- phenomenal pieces of advice i would say definitely uh knowing what you're doing is going to be key and uh I-, I i think you're right on the dot with it like just everything i've heard so far it-, it all like in my head is just like starting to come together and i need to get my hands on issue number one and two i'm excited for it i definitely wanted to check it out um what what really just rang out the the most with me is uh working on it while at work like when i <laughs> I remember the days when I was on another podcast that actually, so I was on something called Talk Geekly, which eventually came to me just being me keeping a geekly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading comics at, at work on lunch, so I was eating, reading comics, and and coming up with like a script while I was like, uh, you know, because we would have like an hour lunch, so I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to work on my podcast like every day, and, mm-hmm. and I, it's that work ethic that eventually evolved into this, you know? I mean, so, like, yeah.
1: And and, and and look where you are now. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, let's go. So, uh, real quick, what social media platforms would you like to give a quick shout out? I did my best uh, from your link tree and uh, put all the ones that I've seen, like your Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But um, anything else uh, that you want to give out to our audio listeners?
1: Um, That's actually, that's pretty much it. Yeah, on Instagram, it's um, my name, which I have here, but just um, without the space. On Twitter, it's the other way around. So, it's Lormond Abelard. And then... Uh, Facebook? I, I don't I, I don't use Facebook too much. I think it's Avalar
0: Bormondo also. Alright, so be sure to give him a follow, like, uh, and uh, wh- whatever you do on Instagram, the heart it. Uh, <laughs> follow, I think. Um, stay up to date with uh, what he's doing with issue 1 and 2 and issue number 3. Big shout out to Avalar for coming on to the show and keeping it geekly with us. Blinks, I really appreciate you in the chat keeping it hype for us as well. That being said, guys, we are going to be taking off. Have a fantastic April Fool's Stay vigilant out there, but most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.